Good morning and welcome to the Be Unconventional podcast. I'm your host, Rakita Harper, and I'm here to help you win this week. So let's dive right in. In today's episode, I want to talk about letting go of offenses. This is important to realize that as born again believers, we are redeemed from a whole lot of things, but we aren't redeemed necessarily from offenses. Getting offended is a choice. We don't like to look at it that way because the human side of us always wants to justify victimization. We want to justify the feeling of being offended so bad that when we hear it's a choice, one of the first things we say is, well, you don't know what they did to me or you don't know what that makes me feel like. And here's a good one. If it happened to you, let's see how you'd handle it. Truth is, getting offended isn't really the issue. It's staying offended. Getting offended is a choice, but staying offended, holding grudges, and reminding people of what they said or did to you is a choice as well. Boy, do I have some personal stories on that. As a matter of fact, what prompted a part two of this topic is my personal experiences. And I mean recent ones. I won't go into all of them, but, um, and as a matter of fact, I I really won't go into them deeply um, because I'm trying to make a habit of quickly letting go of offenses. So a lot of times um, we mess ourselves up by letting things go and then keeping the conversation going about them. And so I'm gonna give you enough scriptures today to help you through that versus my own personal experiences because I'm telling you now I know that uh based on what I've gone through this week just over the weekend I'm I would be tempted to almost get mad at them all over again if I brought it up <laughs> so I just won't um but I want to talk to you today about how staying offended leads to judging others and their motives and the effects that judgment has on your soul and then the benefits of releasing those offenses thus releasing judgment and giving more space to jesus uh, giving more space for jesus to heal your heart so first of all we have to know that offenses will come and luke 17 uh, 1 and 2 lets us know that and some translations call it stumbling blocks or temptations to sin When you're offended at something, it really is a temptation to sin when you think about it. One of my Bible instructors said that offense isn't the real problem. It's just the bait. Unforgiveness, hatred, jealousy, etc. comes after you take the bait. So once you make up your mind to be offended, you've taken the bait. Once you decide you want to stay offended, that's when the sin comes in. And we're to guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts according to Proverbs 4.23. And I love the Passion Translation of that verse. It says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. The commentary for the Passion Translation says, although most translations say the issues of life, the Hebrew word yasa actually means seasons, especially springtime. 
out of your heart flows the seasons of life. It is our hearts, not our ages or circumstances that shape the seasons of our lives. If our hearts are tender to God, we can live in perpetual springtime. And what does that mean exactly? How do we keep our hearts tender to God? Well, by letting go of offenses as soon as they come, not holding grudges or harboring unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment. We must guard our hearts from all of these, for our hearts matter to God. And we get to choose what goes into our hearts. And this is why Satan is always on the prowl trying to attack us in areas of the heart. And you know, even our covenant friends and spouses will at some point offend us. It's inevitable. And you may offend someone you love. None of us are exempt from offense, whether we are initiators or receivers of it. And it's also important to note that offenses do lead to judgment. You may remember me quoting Pastor Greg Moore, um, another one of my Bible instructors, when I said that we must remove judgments, like not judging the motives of others. So I want to take some time and break that down to you a little more. So everything from here is going to be a mixture of um, Pastor Moore's teaching and a little bit of what I gathered from it. Uh, one of the things, just so you guys know, it's not plagiarism or anything like that. But one of the things that they encourage us Bible students to do is to share um, the teachings that we that we get. Um so I just want to make sure that I'm giving him credit for a lot of these things. Um, but like I said, it's just a mixture of his teaching and what I've gathered from it. So let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. And it says, Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Verse 4 or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. Verse five, you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. A log in this sense is much like a dam that can be built up in our souls through judgments. John chapter 12 verse 47 says, if anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And the release of salvation and its benefits can be hindered due to judgments. When we judge, we put ourselves on the enemy's team. You guys, he is the accuser of the brethren. And when we start judging people's motives, why they did certain things, or maybe even their um, current state of sin, we're pretty much joining the accuser's team. And so we have to be sure uh, not to do that. And it's it's not easy, but like I said, when you allow offense to take root, then comes the judgment. Um, Hebrews 10.30 says, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. But when we operate in judgment, we assume God's place. 
Let me just, let me say that again. <laughs> when we operate in judgment, we assume God's place. We aren't objective enough to be the judge, no matter how much we think we are. And I want to pause here and let it be known that I'm not saying we shouldn't judge between right and wrong, but we shouldn't try to condemn, sentence, punish, or avenge. And that's what judging is. So let's take a look at some examples of judgments that we're holding on to. Uh, we say things like, they should know better. If I were them, I would, blah, 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 right? Or, I forgive them, but I refuse to talk to them ever again. Uh, or, waiting for an apology in order to forgive. And we've all done these things. I, for sure, have been guilty of it a few times. And ever since I heard the teaching on this, which, like I said, is a good bit of what I'm sharing with you today, it radically changed the way I looked at people and situations. Um, I'm more aware of when I'm allowing offense and judgment to take root and I nip it in the bud right then and there. This is not easy, though. You know, I've made a pretty decent habit of getting offended, staying offended, holding grudges, and judging people for what they did to me. I've done it. And so um, it's important that we allow the word of God to really minister to us and transform, help transform the way we think about things and people. Um, so I'm not telling you anything that I haven't been through. Like I said, the whole point, the whole point of me doing a part two to this is because I'm currently walking this out so we're on this journey of forgiveness together you guys um this takes practice so uh, i'm determined to guard my heart and you should be too so let's do this um so let's look at some of the benefits of releasing offenses and judgments uh first of all before we go there when we hold on to offenses we make room for jealousy, envy, unforgiveness, strife, hatred, and all the things that are not of God to also take root. Then we start to judge. And Matthew 7, 2 says, For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And the scripture is basically saying that um, you get judgment instead of mercy from others. It's how you'll be judged by others. And let me make a note here. That scripture is not talking about how you'll be judged by Jesus. Okay, this is talking about your judgment of others is more than likely how others will judge you. Okay, uh, Matthew 7, 5, Jesus says we're acting like a hypocrite as long as we're judging. Romans chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for as whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Ooh. Well, in the words of Andrew Womack, amen or oh me. Because I know you felt that one. I did too. <laughs> Thing is, when we judge, we tend to look down on others. Like we're spiritually superior. 
And I, I, I think it's important to note that if you have matured in a certain area and you notice somebody who's uh, maybe accusing you, abusing you, someone who is persecuting you, you notice that um, you probably have done the same thing. Like you've been there, right? Maybe you notice that you've been there. And if matter of fact, if you don't notice that you've been there too, then pride is in the way. Because I'm, and I'm not saying this from a place of spiritual superiority. I'm saying this because I have grown in so many areas that when people start operating a certain way, the Holy Spirit will show me, "Mm, that's what it looked like when you did it. So it kind of makes it hard to judge at that point. (laughs) Because when you've really matured, you start, uh, you know, recognizing when Holy Spirit is exposing you to you, right? So I'll notice the way a person says something, the way a person acts or something like that. And Holy Spirit will quicken me. That's exactly what it looks like when you do it. Um, You know, the way you feel when that person says this or does this, be mindful um, of the fact that you too have done that. And so that's where grace comes in. But when we release offense and judgment, we then start sentencing people to success. We start saying what the word says about them. And we start looking at them or seeing them the way the Lord sees them instead of holding them hostage to their sin or present condition. And we should look for the good in people and pray the word over them and pray the word over their future. Um, that's not easy. You guys, I'm not, I'm not saying this because it's easy for me. I'm saying this to number one, let you know that I'm going through it as well. I'm learning, I'm maturing And you guys, everybody who listens to my podcast, you guys are my accountability partners and I'm here to be yours too. So just realize when I'm saying these things, it's never coming from a place of judgment. And um, when I say that we should look for the good in people, trust me when I tell you that ain't easy. Especially when all they show you is the ugly, right? I get it. But what this does, when we can see the good in them, when we can bless them instead of curse them, when we can have mercy instead of judgment, what this does is keep the enemy at bay. It keeps the enemy at bay um, from our hearts and causing more damage to our souls. Okay? It confuses the enemy when we choose to walk in the spirit especially because what they said to you warranted an offense. What they did to you warrants judgment of some kind, but not from you. Vengeance is the Lord's. So when I think about how much Jesus loves me in spite of all the things I've said or done to offend others, in spite of my acts of judgment towards others, 
when I truly put into perspective that his love for me is unconditional, how then could I look at my accusers and abusers the same? How then can I sit there and judge their motives when my motives have been forgiven? Again, I say if you have freely received Christ's forgiveness for all of your mess, you must freely give that which you have freely received. And I cannot stress the importance of letting go of offenses enough. I cannot fully explain the weight lifted from my simple, yet not so easy, act of forgiveness towards someone who caused me much harm, emotional trauma, and many sleepless nights. Forgiving them, though, was the best thing that I could have ever done. Even my worship is different now. I feel like I go deeper into worship because I'm not holding on to all of that junk anymore about what people have said to me, about me, or what they've done uh, to me. The weight is truly lifted. And um, I feel like I'm far from done, right? So I know I have more people to forgive, more offenses to let go more judgment to release and if i'm this free now after that one instance i told y'all about last week i can't imagine how much more weight will be lifted when i keep doing this with others who will offend me and let me just say i've been tempted to remain offended just this weekend but as i stated earlier i'm learning to quickly drop it as soon as it comes And so I'm telling you, the sooner you let it go, the sooner you can move on with your life. So friends, I hope this encouraged you today to really examine your heart. I want you to take a good look within and ask yourself, have I truly forgiven those who have wronged me? So let me pray for you now. Lord, thank you for every person listening to this episode today. I'm so glad that they tuned in to hear your heart on the matter. Lord, give them the strength to release judgments, to let go of offenses, to let go of the grudges, the bitterness, and the unforgiveness Give them strength to do that. Lord, we know you to be a comforter. You comfort those who are weak and you mend broken hearts. These people, some of them have been offended to the point of a broken heart. They have been abused. They have been accused. And it hurts. But Lord, we thank you that you bear our hurt and pain so that we won't have to and so right now lord i'm asking you if you would just touch their hearts um, speak to them reveal to them the people that they need to release the hurts attached to those people that they need to release 
the offenses and the judgments that they need to let go of. Reveal those things in only a way that you can. And I pray right now for an opportunity for reconciliation. I pray for an opportunity for apologies to be shared um, for, from both parties. And I pray, Lord God, that your peace will rest on them in this situation. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For those of you listening this morning who may not have a relationship with Jesus, I'm aware that you may not understand what it's like to truly be forgiven. Therefore, it's very difficult for you to truly forgive others. And so I'd like to take a moment to invite you into this family of believers by asking you to just repeat after me a simple prayer to invite Jesus into your heart today. Would you do that? The Bible said in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. Repeat after me and take this next step towards true freedom that is only found in Christ. Jesus, I recognize my need for a Savior. Because you so willingly gave your life for me, I willingly give my life to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I receive my salvation now. I receive my physical, emotional, and mental healing that comes with my new life. Thank you for freeing me of my guilt and shame. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. And just like that, welcome to the kingdom of God. Angels are rejoicing now because of your decision. This, my friend, is the first day of the best days of your life. If today's episode was a blessing to you, or if you received Jesus into your heart, there are a few ways you can let me know so I and other listeners can celebrate with you. Number one, subscribe and leave a review. Number two, send me a private message on the Be Unconventional Instagram and Facebook socials, or you can email me at rakitaharper at gmail.com. Number three, 
leave what I would like to call a victory voicemail by simply using the link in the bio of the Be Unconventional Socials on Instagram and Facebook. Your voicemail may end up on an episode. And lastly, share with others. I'm your host, Rakita Harper, reminding you to be encouraged, be empowered, be inspired, but most importantly, be unconventional.